Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today's interview is with an absolute gem of a man. His name is Jamal Miller. And this guy is, uh, I mean, we didn't even really get into some of the craziness of his story, but this guy has been a pastor. He's an author. He used to work for not for profits. Uh, but really, in the last couple of years, this guy has solidified himself as a bona fide entrepreneur. And he has specifically spent the last few years focusing primarily on helping singles find love and specifically Christian singles. And so it's been really cool to see him grow. Uh, his company has been on like the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list and all that kind of stuff. He's done very, very well for himself. Um and so today, you know, he does some other things like he works with entrepreneurs and, and helps them start their businesses now. And so uh, we, we'll, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later in the interview. But really, our focus for today was uh, we wanted to talk to singles. So if you're a single, if you're single, that sounds weird. If you're single or if maybe one day you intend to do some kind of mentorship, okay, like maybe you're a leader at your church, you're a youth leader, so you're working with people who are figuring out dating. Maybe you're married, but you're in your 50s or 60s, and you just know there's people in your life that you might get a chance to impart wisdom to. You need to listen to this episode because you're going to learn so much. You're going to get some great tools, some great frameworks. Uh, dating is different in today's society. I don't know that it's necessarily more complicated or more anything. It's just different. And so it requires just a good understanding of, of what's really going on in our society. And so um, that's for people who are you know maybe going to be equipping. Maybe you're already married. You're past the dating phase. But certainly if you're single, you're going to get a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge out of this. And so I'm excited for you to dig in. I would encourage you to take some notes if if that's your style. Obviously, if it's appropriate, if you're driving, uh, then why don't you just keep driving? Don't worry about that. But, uh, but you're going to learn a lot from this, uh, I think. That's everything. So yeah, here we go, guys. Without further ado, here's my interview with Jamal Miller. Enjoy. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I'm here with my guy, Jamal Miller. And bro, I got to hear you speak uh, in person, in the flesh in Phoenix about, uh, I guess it was a month ago, and you smashed it. Learned so much from you. And it is a privilege to have you here on the podcast today. Thanks, man. I'm super excited for this, brother. I am such a uh, just a fond of your work, man, like in regards to just what you're doing, what you're uh, how you're changing guys lives and just impacting men across the spectrum from their marriage to singleness, bro. It's just a it's really cool to connect with you today, man. I'm really pumped. Oh, I appreciate that. So you have so much knowledge that I want to try to extract as much as we possibly can in the short Let's time we it. have together. You have built uh, some serious brands here helping single people find their spouse, find their partner. So yep. maybe give us a little bit of context. What sparked uh, any kind of interest in this field to begin with? 
Absolutely. So this kind of gets dates back to about, I would say, a good nine years ago. I was absolutely single um, <laughs> and I was a single youth pastor to make it even worse. And so I was in the <laughs> ministry full time. Um, I just graduated college and, you know, coming out of a season where I was like committed to just giving everything I had to God and not focusing on nothing else. Ministry development, ministry training, you know, I was doing the whole thing. And then once I became like, I will say in full time ministry, moved to Chicago, um, I got got to a point where I was like, okay, God, like I'm intentionally no longer not trying to be found or not trying to find where is she? What's going on? I've done everything right. I'm, you know, I've got a, a home by myself. I'm paying my own rent. I've got my own car. I've got to, you know, I'm in your, I'm in the middle of your wheel, quote unquote. Where is my wife? The last thing somebody wants is they're, you know, sending off their kids to a, a single youth pastor. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, man, I, you know, had this moment with God and God said, Jamal, you're so focused on getting married. You have no idea what it takes to stay married. And I come wow. from a kind of a, I come from a broken home. Um, uh, you know, my both my parents previously divorced. Uh, my dad never really coming into the faith. And so um, growing up, man, it was like a mixture of, you know, two worlds. My mom wanting God, my dad not wanting God. And so I never truly saw an example of what a healthy marriage looked like. And what I learned was when you do have that setup, what it does is you have to now go imagine your own setup because you didn't see a realistic setup. So what ends up happening is you create an imagination in your mind of what you think marriage should be or how marriage should go. And I had no idea that I really had created this fake world and this fake woman of a person that I think I should be with and how it should go and how God should bless me. And honestly, bro, I turned this into a fairy tale, which ultimately made God a genie, right? Where it's like, hey, if I do these things, then I should yeah. get this. And, and bro, God had to completely obliterate that entire paradigm. And it took about two years where I spent two years intentionally learning what it takes to have a real successful marriage. And that's where, um, once I met my wife, which I'll go into that story, um, we met via Facebook in the most unlikely way. Um, we met on Facebook and complete strangers, man. And it's just crazy how God did it. Um, because I did not expect it to happen that way at all. Wow, it's amazing. Okay, so you you glossed over something that I want to highlight. You yeah. said for two years you really committed to like learning these things, building the maturity. In the grand scheme of life, two years is not a big deal. But bro, when you're a single man and you want to get married, that's actually a really long time to commit to something. Yeah. Um, was that ever tiring? Did you ever wonder like, is this really worth it? Should I just go out and find someone right away? Like, how did you endure those two years of development? It was not an intentional two years. It just kind of that's just kind of how it played out. Um, yeah, okay. I would definitely tell you during those two years, I wouldn't say that I was not looking or not dating. Like I was definitely still getting to know girls, definitely still. But I was on this intentional two year like span of where I know I am trying to act like a married man as a single man. Right. The yeah. mindset. So I was spending time with married couples. I was reading marriage books. I was going to marriage conferences as a single man. I was attending marriage conferences because I wanted to learn. I wanted to wow. really understand what are the real problems that real marriages are facing versus I'm around single guys all day. And all they talk about is their girlfriends and da da da. Versus, I want to get around some married couples. What are some real problems? So I would go over to married couples' houses from my church and be like, "Hey guys, like I want to be here. Like, don't worry about arguing, not arguing in front of me or anything. Like, y'all can argue. I want to see a real <laughs> argument." Like, <laughs> and so, um, and so, man, like honestly, it wasn't like an intentional drag of a two years. It just kind of ended up being two years before I intentionally got into a real relationship that I was ready to apply. And I think the biggest paradigm shift that I had in those two years was that the perfect woman did not exist, that the one did not exist. 
that there was not some perfect girl out there that God was just waiting to partner me with and that everything would be peaches and cream once we met each other. And I think a lot of Christians have that mindset that we're waiting for the one when I believe that there are a lot of different women or men out there that could be the one, but the person that you choose is the one. I believe based upon Genesis chapter two, when God created Eve, he created Eve as an example, as a model. But once he created Eve, he didn't say, Adam, here is your wife. He didn't say, Adam, here's the one. Hey, Adam, here's the one I created for you. No, the Bible says that, yes, God formed Eve from Adam. But then the moment he formed Eve, it says that Adam looked at her and said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Adam chose her. Hmm. And I believe that's the same principle that we have today, that it is our responsibility to choose and not God's. Yeah, that's a good word because I think a lot of single people, I know for me, I definitely fell into this trap. Like you want the stars to align, you want a word from God, ideally a prophetic word after to confirm it, maybe yeah. a second prophetic word to confirm the first, con you know what I mean? Like this is like a, a, a black hole that we can kind of fall into. Absolutely. Um, how do you talk people off that ledge or to that ledge of like, bro, you just got to send that message. You just got to take a step. You mentioned you and your wife. I mean, the, the way you guys met is pretty amazing on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Give us some insights here. How, how do people get past some of these fears? Yeah, I do believe, man, it is having healthy community because you've got to get out outside of your head. You know, you mm -hmm. can be in your head playing the games, running through the play and just overthinking it and overcomplicating it when it's really not that complicated. And I yeah. do believe having healthy community, healthy leaders. It was actually one of my leaders in my life that pushed me to go send the message to Natasha. Just send the message. You have nothing to lose. So I do believe it's having healthy community, healthy leadership that can help you to, you know, to make sense of is this a good thing that I should pursue or not? Because I think if you play around with it in your head as a man, majority, most of us are fearful of rejection. So we're already going to sense that ah, maybe she doesn't like me or what if this or what if that? What if this? And I've told most women that I believe 90 percent of guys are your more normal guys that are just like, I don't really know. I don't want to go up to her. I don't know what she's going to say to me. And I'm saying, you got the 10% that are like your egotistical, overly confident that are going to just go up to you immediately. And honestly, that guy's more than likely he's a player. He's someone that's not serious. He's someone that's not going to take you serious. He's just trying to look for a good time. And that's the yeah. type of guys you want to stay away from. But those are the guys that I think Hollywood kind of portrays are like the, you know, just the guys that got it together. And that's what women think they expect all men to be like that, to be this super confident. He should walk up to me, talk to me type guy and we tell the women all the time you got to give that guy some help you know what i'm saying look <laughs> at him wink at him you know give him a little help that to know oh my so but for me being on the internet there wasn't a lot of that that i could do you know what i'm saying other than just yeah. sending her the message and seeing if she responds back yeah so you might as well unpack that story a little bit tell us sure. what, what happened after the message yeah, so basically I was scrolling on Facebook one day and I saw this beautiful girl talking about Jesus, had no idea who she was. And this is the time whenever your newsfeed actually had people you knew. And <laughs> I saw her and I was like, man, like, how do I not know who this girl is? And so I went to her Facebook page and, you know, started kind of looking at all the stuff that she had going on. She had a blog, just really was interested in what she was up to. And then eventually I just had the courage to just send her a message. But that wasn't the message for us to like talk. It was a message just to kind of just say, hey, I see you. Didn't really don't really know how we know each other. And she yeah. messaged back. And then we became like kind of like online friends, following each other on Facebook, liking each other's posts. But it yeah. wasn't about six months later that I was over my pastor's house. And that's when he started kind of investigating me about my interrogating me about my dating life. And when I said I was not talking to anyone, he was like, are you sure? And when he said, are you sure? Natasha's name popped in my head. I'm like, you know what? But there's this girl in California. We've been kind of chatting on, on, online. 
He's like, Natasha, you never told me about Natasha. And, I, and so, man, we just, you know, I showed him a picture of her online and he's like, Jamal, she's beautiful. I'm like, I know, but man, like this girl, I don't even know nothing about her. She's online. This is crazy. And he was just like, send her a message. You have nothing to lose. Send her a message. And I just knew she was going to reject me. I knew she was not going to message me back. The message is a pretty cool message because I was pretty transparent. Like, hey, this is not new, different. This is not uh, normal for me. This is really yeah. outside of the box. But, you know, I've talked to my pastor and I really love what we've kind of got going on here online. We'd love to be love to know if you would love to take this to a phone call. And she messages back interested as well in the rest of history. And wow. so it's a pretty cool story of just like how God can use the most random out of the box thing to bring you someone into your life. And uh, and so, yeah, we end up, you know, getting to know each other over the phone. She ended up visiting Chicago about three or four months later. So we saw each other for the first time in Chicago. And then six months later, I visited her in California. I met her family. And then two months later, I proposed to her in front of my family. So it was a pretty wow. quick process. Yeah, it's amazing. I love the risk taking element of it, though, right? Like, because yeah. I think that's like the sign that you're really pushing yourself is when you're pretty confident you're going to get rejected. Yeah. But that's the only way you get rewarded for it. And I know I have friends like I'm early 30s. And I have friends now who have they had it too easy in their 20s. You know, they had something that just always brought girls to them. And now like it's kind of dried up and they're afraid to take any risk. And they yeah. didn't exercise those muscles in their 20s because I guess maybe they were never forced to. But they're sure. single. They want to find that person. And so I think that risk-taking element is really, really key for all of this. Um, you have a, a challenge that you do with your clients called Pray for Your Spouse. Um, what does that mean? Because I, I imagine most single people are praying for their spouse. Right. Um, maybe sometimes they're praying a little flippantly, like they think it's going to drop into the lap. But exactly. what, why would you even do a challenge like that? What exactly are you going after with it? Great question. So we came up with this idea after creating our core offer, our core program, the One University. And the One University is centered around three phases, become the one, date the one, marry the one. And we kind of really found a major gap in the process of becoming the one. I think everyone knows as a single person that in order to you know, get married, you need to date. And I know that that is a big struggle for a lot of Christian singles. But yeah. to be honest, a lot of Singles, I believe, are struggling with dating because they are struggling with themselves, right? Um, and they're not secure in themselves. They're not clear about who God's called them to be, who God's called them um, to, you know, operate as, a, you know, in regards to who they're called a partner with. A, we call it a purpose partner. Like, how do you go find your purpose partner if you don't know your own purpose? So these are all the things that we believe happen before you even get into a relationship with somebody. Wow. And I say it like this, everything you do, before you say I do is preparation for marriage. And so we kind of found like there was this major gap in singles taking the season of preparation serious. It was basically like, oh, you go through high school, you go to college, you kind of date a few people. And then finally you just stumble on a person that you end up dating for a little bit of a time and y'all get married. So there really wasn't like this intentional season of I'm not dating because I'm preparing myself for it. And so that's what I went through. That was my story. When God said, Jamal, it's so you're so look, you're um spending so much time looking for someone. You're not spending the time to make sure your marriage is actually ready and you're ready mm -hmm. for marriage. And so so basically with the pray for future spouse concept, what it did, bro, is kind of a twofold twist because we know that naturally singles are all thinking about praying for their future spouse. Right. Right. But we came, we came up with this framework of each day, you may be praying, the things you're praying may not be the right things to pray. Because instead of praying for a future spouse, 
You should be praying for your future spouse. And when I say it like that, I'm meaning oh. praying as a way of requesting your future spouse versus praying as a way of interceding for your future spouse. So mm. if your future spouse is a real person out there right now, they need your prayers, right? Mm. And so the connection point for us was we bring singles into this moment to pray for their future spouse, and we give them these topics each day to pray about. But what ends up happening is as we're praying for their future spouse and they're praying these topics, whether it be prayer or healing from their past or understanding their relationship with the Lord, as they're praying these things, they begin to get convicted that they're not <laughs> themselves being these things. Right. So how can I be praying for my future spouse to know their purpose? And I don't know my purpose. How can I pray for my future spouse to be healing from their past? And I'm not healed from my past. How mm -hmm. can I pray for my future spouse to know God? And I don't know God. So as they're praying for their future spouse, it kind of smacks them in their own face of conviction that they're not doing the work for that part of that area of their life for themselves. And that's yeah. what ends up opening them up to wanting to be a part of our program so that they can become the one. That's brilliant. That's really brilliant. Okay, you mentioned it twice there, and I, I want to just pull on it a bit. This whole concept of purpose, uh, I think that can be a really crippling conversation in the church, especially when you're in your 20s, um, yeah. where people are like, I don't know my purpose, or they feel like yeah. they have to have it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and there's, we kind of know there's really no such thing, but yep. I do totally agree. That's something we actually tell our guys as well, is like, in addition to gain free or porn, you need to know what your calling is in life, because there has to be some alignment um, what, what's that middle ground or what, what are people trying to strike when they are finding their purpose to get ready to date? Yeah. So for me, when I break down purpose, I, I really do like to keep it as simple as possible because I do believe that there is no arrival point in purpose. I don't mm -hmm. believe you get to your purpose and you're like, I've arrived. I believe purpose is like a puzzle piece that the Lord does give you a glimpse of what you believe you're called to do. And then he just scatters all the pieces. And for the rest <laughs> of your life, you're just putting the puzzle piece together. And the way I like to put it is that there are, I believe, you know, three ways you can approach purpose wrong. And then there's a right way to approach purpose. Okay. And a lot of times we are so focused on trying to do it perfectly um, and doing it right that we don't do anything, which is the place of freeze, right? We just freeze. And that person is a person that's just on the sideline and they're just like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. And they do nothing, right? And they do nothing out of a place of, which is number two, out of a place of fear. So either you're going to freeze and do nothing, you know, and then that turns into fear. And fear mm -hmm. is the person, honestly, fear to me is a person that did try to do something. They stepped out and it didn't go the way that they thought. And now they back up in fear. And fear right. to me is forever expecting awful results, right? It's the concept mm -hmm. that I'm stepping out. I'm going to try this. It doesn't go the way I thought. And now I'm not doing anything else. I'm not stepping out. Right. Or the last one is fake. And fake to me is where you just compare yourself to everyone else and you just do something that everybody else is doing. And you're being fake. You're not being authentic to yourself. You're not being true to yourself. So those are the three different ways that I kind of see people dibble dabble in and out of purpose is either they're freezing, doing nothing. They're fearful, doing the wrong thing, or they're being fake, comparing themselves to everyone else. And I yeah. believe the right way to view purpose, the right way to see it is to just be faithful. I really believe that God is a lot better at leading you to your purpose than you are leading yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you just simply be faithful with what's in your hands, and the way I put it like this is that the one word I ask people right now, if people were to wrap their around a building right now in this season of your life, if they were to wrap themselves around a building to thank you for changing their life, to thank you for being a part of their life and helping them to do something, some breakthrough, some 
whatever you did, what is that thing right now in this season of your life? Maybe the people wrapping themselves around the building. Maybe it's your kids because you were faithful in your season of parenting. Maybe it's the students that you were rocking, not students. Maybe you're a teacher and it's all the students that you taught at your class in your classroom. Maybe you're a youth pastor. It'd be all the kids that you impacted. Who are the people that will say thank you for being on your post? Thank you. That to me, and how can you continue to be faithful in that? And my friend, you'll be surprised how many people I believe are right smack dead in the middle of their purpose. They just need to embrace it as that. And so Mm. that's the way I see purpose. And the way we teach it to our singles is when the Bible says that I will make a helpmate who is suitable for you. The word of God did not use the word compatible, which is what we base majority of our choosing our spouse off of, which is compatibility. The word Mm. compatibility means to be to 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 work together without conflict which to me, there's no such relationship that has no conflict. So we've been basing relationships off of something that truly isn't even possible because <laughs> no relationship has is without problems. And that, yeah. which is why I believe the Bible used the word suitable. And the word suitable means fit for purpose, which I believe the one way to do this, the one way to judge this is to simply ask whoever you're dating, whoever you're getting to know, to say, how do you see yourself making this world a better place? Wow. How do you see yourself making this world a better place? Hmm. They may say, hey, I see myself making this world a better place by by raising amazing children. I see this world being a better place by having an incredible career in HR and helping as many people get paid as much money as possible. I don't, whatever the way that they see at that current moment of making the world a better place, when they say it, can you see yourself partnering to help them do that? Hmm. That, my friend, is when you find suitability. And I feel the spirit of God. Like that is when you find suitability, when you can see yourself partner with that person to help them do the thing that they feel they've been called to do to make this world a better place. That is suitability. I believe that is the missing link in successful marriages today. It's this marriages choose based upon, he makes me laugh. (laughs) We have a great time together. We like the same movies. That's all things that make you compatible. That's not what makes you suitable. Wow. Yeah, that was worth the interview for that right there, man. That was amazing. <laughs> so, okay, so let me ask you. So compatibility, um, or sorry, suitability, I mean. So suitability, obviously, a leading indicator here, something that needs to get ironed out while you're dating, and a pretty good sign that if you guys can get on the same page, they are not not as in they're the same, but just there's an understanding. We're suitable in our callings, our purpose. The marriage is going to have a chance or have you know a good yep. shot at success. What are other leading indicators for people when they are dating? What are some of the things they should be looking for that indicate not only could we get married, but we could actually have a fruitful and healthy marriage? Yep. So like I just said, I've definitely say my first starting point is definitely that place of suitability. Um, You know, that's a starting point when suitability to me is that place of purpose. Like what are we both seeing the long term life about? Right. That really does indicate that we can be a committed partnership. Number two is definitely your core values. Um, you know, and when I say core values, it really is, and you'd be amazed how many people don't even know what their own core values are. You have to really peel back and ask yourself a certain level of questions about who you are and why you are in order to uncover your core values. And the one quick question that I ask people, um, if you, when you have children, what are going to be the three things that you would teach them that they that is most important about life so you can see that a person's values really do come out most whenever they're a parent and that's the question you would ask if i had children will be the three things that i would instill to them to make them a successful 
human being and a contributor to society? What will be those three things? And those three things could help you. Like number one for me, it definitely would be, yo, relationship with the Lord. You got to know God, right? Boom. That's a core value, right? Number Mm -hmm. two, a core value that I would instill into my kids is being a servant to all, right? That you see life not from a place of, hey, who, what can they do for me? But from a place of what can I do for them? If you learn how to be a servant, you will be successful for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So that's the core value, number two. And then number three, that you would um, find the reason why you were created and give it all that you have. It's that it's that, it's that that God design. Find your God design, figure out who you are, your DNA, your identity, go deep, spend a season, go away, go abroad. Whatever you gotta do to figure out who you are, I'm going to support you in doing that because I believe the rest of your life hinges on you understanding why you were created and giving it all that you have, which is going to be that purpose identity. So now those are three core values that I would instill in my kids that I that comes to my mind quickly. That's right. how I'm able to see another layer of can we do we agree on those things? I'm not saying you have to agree on all those core values, on all the core values, but that's a major indicator of successful marriage is when you both have very similar core values because Mm -hmm. that's the way you see life. And then I will say the next big piece is lifestyle. This one isn't a major one, but it is one that you got to ask, Hey, what, how do you envision just living? Do you want to have a lavish life? Lots of money. Do you want to have a chill life? Not make a lot of money. Do you see yourself working 50, 60 hours a week to have what you want? Do you see yourself not working a lot? Do you see like, what's your ideal lifestyle? What's your ideal way of living? How do you see yourself spending money, making money, raising family? You know, like those things now are another big question that you want to go into. Once again, you see that for me, I view dating from the root word data right? Data meaning to gather information. The purpose mm-hmm. of dating is to not feel goo-goo-ga feelings because in the, the day, your feelings don't know your purpose, you know your future. And I teach that to my singles. Your feelings only know what you are going through right now. Your mm-hmm. feelings don't know how to process what you're feeling right now. Is it beneficial for your tomorrow? Which is why so many people get into relationships where they feel so good. And then two, three years later, that relationship is the worst thing for them, which is yeah. why it must be a mixture of feelings that do make you feel happy and excited about being with this one. But you also need to partner that up with facts. What are the things that are proven that I know about this person that can that can set us up for a successful relationship. And those are the facts. So the goal in dating, man, is to get as much data as possible hmm. to make a decision whether or not this person is someone you can link with for the rest of your life. Yeah. That was a lot. I just gave you a whole lot right there. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. Like a little mini masterclass here. I like <laughs> it. I like it. So, um, okay. Let me ask on the other side of this, because I have seen a lot of people stay in relationships way longer than they should. And, you know, they kind of, they, it's the classic like song and dance, like, yeah, we're just taking a bit of time apart, but they're back together again. And they kind of do this for a while and people hold on way longer than they should. Um, I guess I'm curious. I don't, I don't know if you've observed that with your people. Why do you think that is? And what would be your top advice to somebody who maybe is, maybe they're they're encountering difficulties in a relationship and they're like, I don't, I, I don't think this is going to work. How do they make that clean cut or make the decision of like, I'm going to end this relationship and move on? Number one, it's not about what you do in the relationship. <laughs> it's about what you did before the relationship. And when I say that, I mean the, de- the the decisions that you make in regards to what I'm not going to do. And it's those standards. Mm-hmm. You, before you get into a relationship, my friend, please hear me when I say this. Infatuation is a real thing. And it has taken over so many people. When they get into a relationship, they have no 
plan for what do I do if this person sweeps me off my feet? Your relationship is not a Hollywood movie, my friend. This is a real world relationship that has no credits when the movie is over. Literally, it is a matter of life or death in regards to your ability to sustain this relationship for the rest of your life. And feelings are going to be fleeting. They're going to go up and down. So if you base the relationship off of just feeling good, which is why you must have standards. And I'm about to get to where I'm going, which is what ended up happening in most dating relationships. The reason why most people can't break away is because they have gone too far um, physically. They have gone too far physically. They began to be, develop a soul tie with this person, whether you're having sex or potentially even just sharing so many deep emotional things and right. rushing the process and not protecting the process because yeah. you just want to feel more, 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 more versus do I know enough about this person to make a decision? That's what dating is about. Dating is not just trying to enjoy. Yeah, I want you to enjoy this person. Yes, I want you to enjoy them. But to a degree, they are not your spouse until you say I do to them. And now you have the rest of your life to enjoy them, to build with them, to grow with them. So I would tell you, if you are one that is fearful of going too far to where you can't get out, you need to make a decision based upon your everyone's going to be different, bro. Like I know everybody's different. Me and my wife, You know, for us, we did not kiss until we got engaged, but because that was my decision to protect us until I knew that you were the one. Somebody may say, Jamal, that's dumb, bro. That makes no sense. That may be dumb for you, right? But for me, that was a standard that I put up. For someone else, it may be waiting until engagement to have sex. I don't know, right? I'm not going to sit and be your you know, you're, uh, you're God. I'm going to tell you, you need to go to God and say, father, what can I handle and what can I not handle? Yeah. And when you do that in the moment, you're able to protect your sobriety in regards to the approach, this relationship, that the moment is no longer the right relationship or potentially you see some red flags and you need to get out. If you have protected yourself in regards to physical, emotional depth, then my friend, it's a lot easier to tell the person, hey, I'm so sorry, this just isn't working out because Mm -hmm. you have not created a soul tie with this person. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen 100% of the time perfectly, but I am saying most people just begin to treat their girlfriend, their boyfriends like their wife and their husband. And that's why it's hard for them to back out of it. Yeah, that's really good, man. Really, really good. Yeah, my wife and I actually didn't kiss until we were engaged either. We had that same standard and um, it served us really well. But we also, we again, we don't preach it as a hard, fast rule, but you're right. You have to have those conversations know your limits and um, hold true to them. So um, I want to play advocate here because um, there are, well, I, I think, again, just the stage of life I'm in, we have people in their 30s, 40s who are still single yep. in the name of their standards. And they might be getting some flack from their friends like, bro, you're so picky. Uh, yep. You know, like what, like, what about this girl? Like, she was great, you know, but they always have an excuse. That's one side of it. The other, on his side, it's like, no, I have, I have standards. I haven't met anyone that kind of checks off the boxes. How do you, I don't know, is, is that legit? Or if somebody is at these later stages and haven't met someone, do you think there's a reason? How do you, how do you sift through someone who's in that situation? So majority of the time, it, it's going to be, you know, this is not for every case, but majority of the time there is some trauma in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say trauma, it's just, it's the fear of choosing the wrong one. 
Um, and what ends up happening is because they probably have come from a broken home or a divorced home, they've seen divorce just run rapid on them and their life, their family. And for them, it's like, I've just got to meet the right one that I love, that I'm in love with, that she loves me. And I got to make sure all I got to check all these boxes in order to make sure that we don't end up the way that our parents ended up. Right. Um, yeah. Or it, that's the fear of choosing the wrong one or it's the fear of just rejection. They just truly are not willing to put themselves out there enough in order to get rejected or accepted and they're just constantly guarding themselves from that right so those are the two different worlds that i would tell you um the one that it's the fear of choosing the wrong one i would tell you this um if you are a man of god and you are one that is following after the lord's life the lord's leading for your life then my friend you are you know at a place in your journey that i would tell you it's probably very going to be very hard for you to choose the wrong one and I would mm -hmm. encourage you with this. Yes, there will always be the opportunity to choose a better person, but that's just life in general. You could go to a better college. You can have a better house right now. You can have a better car right now. You can have a better job right now. You can have a better anything. But maturity in Christ is what Paul said, is learning to be content in everything. Yeah. Can you choose something and not worry about it being something else out there being better and you being able to improve the thing that you've chosen? To me, that's a sign of maturity. So I would tell you that you probably are at a place where you're just lashing, latching on to an immature way of operating as it pertains to relationships that you're probably bringing in a very traumatic view of I've just got to have the best or something better or what if something's better out there and I'm missing out. And my mm. friend, you are you are thinking you're missing out on something better when you're missing out on something great because you could have already been in something that you could have been improving and making it everything you could have ever desired. And that's the power of a husband. And that's why the root word of husband comes from the word husbandry, which is to be a gardener. Our mm. job as husband is to garden, is to be a gardener of our wife. To which we, means we are planting, we are planting seeds, we are nurturing. So go find you a woman, bro, that may not be perfect in everything you want on your list. Because once again, I'm going to tell you, as a married man of 10 plus years, there is no perfect woman and she does not exist. Every woman has problems. Every woman has issues, just like you, my friend. So just yeah. much she's going to accept you, you accept her. But then you, as the husband, have an opportunity to be a part of helping to see your wife evolve, grow, develop, learn one another and create something that is so powerful called covenant together. And yeah. that's something that I believe you're just, you're missing out on by you waiting on the perfect person. Then you got the person who's fear, who is fearful of rejection. To me, my friend, you need to go get you some quick wins. You need to go put yourself out there. Maybe not for relationships, maybe for a job, go do something you've never done before. Do some scary stuff and just yeah. step out there and just get some quick wins so you can get over your fear of rejection and really just get out there, make some new friends. Maybe go make a, make a friend girl, not a girlfriend, a friend girl. Do some stuff that you just be like, yo, I am the man because you are the man, bro. You are the man. And your fear, your fear of rejection, they aren't rejecting you. They're rejecting the current you. And that's not who you're going to be forever. Whatever they're rejecting, can you go improve it? Can you go do better and go at it again, my friend? Don't allow someone to stop you from becoming the person that God's called you to be. So that's what I would tell those two different types of people, bro. I love it. Yeah, that was amazing. So, uh, okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about how pornography plays into this conversation and maybe Please. other sexual issues. Um, what, what's your advice to somebody, uh, a lot of our guys, you know, that are single, uh, especially our paying clients going through a program, they're scared of getting to in a, into a relationship because they don't want to bring this in. And obviously yeah. that's what we teach them. You like make this your focus right now. This is certainly part of becoming the one before you date the one, before you marry yeah. the one. 
Um, is there, is there, I don't know, I guess I'm just curious, like what would be your, your encouragement to somebody who's in that situation? And if somebody did, let's say they're working through their stuff and then they do meet someone, should they be turning that away because they're working on becoming the one or is there, is there some sort of give and take there in that dynamic? So once again, there is no such thing as a perfect person. And whether you're dealing with pornography before marriage or you start dealing with it in marriage, I believe there's another thing that you need to learn how to do that's, I would say, even more important than breaking the addiction to pornography. And that is learning how to be sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and obeying that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because whether it's porn or whether it's being a secret, being keeping secrets from your wife or whatever that thing is, like you're always going to have some sin at some season of your life. And if you don't learn how to be obedient to Holy Spirit in regards to that conviction and learning what that voice sounds like, that feeling feels like, and learning how to and learning how to then number two, once you feel that conviction, immediately learning how to tell on yourself. And the Bible mm. talks about this. Confess your sins to one another. That right. is to me one of the, the quickest strategies to being able to heal from some type of some level of addiction is to immediately, yo, I believe with all of my heart, if you have a secret sin, it's not you and yourself in the secret, it's you yourself and the devil because the devil prowls in darkness. So wherever there is darkness right now in your life, whatever secret you have, whatever thing you're keeping on, that is where the enemy has the most power. He dwells in darkness. That's why we call God the God of light because he's the one that exposes darkness, expels darkness. So the mm. way that you must give room for this is you must, my friend, Go to God, confess, and then number two, confess someone else. And I'll tell my story. I struggled with porn before getting married. And then I put on my good boy hat once I started meet, I met my wife. I'm like, okay, I want to be a good boy because I don't have to, you know, bring her into this craziness of this addiction and this problem. And we were able, I was able to abstain for about, I would say, a year and a half. And, you know, meeting her, going through the process of dating and the whole thing there, you know, a year and a half. And then once we got married, um, you know, I think because I got it, I, you know, now I'm married, I'm good. And I remember, you know, it was probably maybe three or four months into marriage that I had my first fall. And I remember that moment, I just felt so dirty. I felt so bad. I'm like, she's going to leave me. She's going to see me as a fraud. Oh my gosh. I've lied to her this entire time. She has no idea about this. And, you know, I think the moment that I had to break through was, you know, for me, Clearly, Holy Spirit was like, hey, you know, once again, this is not OK. And, um, you know, I first went to my pastor and I told him and he's like, I don't know why you're talking to me. You got a wife now. Hmm, dang. And I'm like, dang. So they're talking to you ain't enough no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and and so, man, I, I went to my wife and I, you know, confessed to her, which is why I said learning how to hear the Holy Spirit, right. obey the Holy Spirit. And then now confessing to me, this goes beyond porn, whatever issue in your life, problem in your life, you taking it from it being an internal failure and mess up to an external moment is so important. And uh, and so I went to my wife and I, you know, I'll be honest, this was not e this was not easy at all. Extremely humiliating, extremely, you know, just, you know, all the things, all the mm -hmm. feelings. And so confess to her. And I remember her saying this to me. Babe, um, and it's going to heal a lot of you out here. Thank you for telling me. Like, this does hurt me because I didn't know. Da, 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 da. She's like, but I'm going to tell you that this problem is not your problem. It's our problem. Wow. 
and I want us to do this together. How do how can I be a part of helping you get over this? Hmm. And man, like that thing, I mean, it wrecked me, you know, which is why I'm telling you once again, man, like finding a woman who just values what you value and she valued healing. She hmm. valued breakthrough. She valued deliverance. And she didn't see me as some broken vessel that's just, you know, not worthy of, you know, uh, forgiveness. She saw me as someone that needed help. And when we came together and man, like that was such a breakthrough moment. And, and it created such amazing safe place and trust in our marriage. And, and I'm not telling you guys to go out there and, you know, that this makes it okay to be, no, what I'm telling you right up, right up is if you don't want to have to tell, do your wife, tell your wife that start dealing with pornography right now. I'm telling yeah. you right now. But if you are a married man and you are struggling, more than likely, your first person you need to be telling is God, and then you need to go straight to your wife. And I promise you, you got to just trust that God has put in her an element of healing. And I pray that you have a good wife that can that can be able to walk with you through this journey and helping you heal. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll put links in the show notes to some of your stuff, man, because the One Academy, amazing, the challenge. That way, if guys are feeling like, okay, I need to do something more, um, I'd love for them to participate in your stuff. I want to switch gears just really quick because you're helping a lot of Christian entrepreneurs these days. Uh, you really successfully transitioned from kind of the ministry life to entrepreneur life, uh, but really preserve the faith element. Uh, just tell us a little bit about what you're up to. We'll make sure we put links to all the stuff in the show notes, but uh, I would love for you to share with our audience that part too. Yeah, so one of the things that has become a huge mission of mine, based upon what we did with the One University, um, to me, the One University was a modern day way of turning the internet into a mission field. And I believe if God or if Jesus was present today, the same way he went to the disciples and said, I want to teach you how to fish for men. When he said that to them, to me, it indicated that reaching other people is like fishing for fish. And we know if you are a fisherman, that the fish don't come to you, you go to them. When you are a fisherman, a good fisherman, you go find the fish. You don't worry about where the fish want to be, what they want. No, you don't worry about what you want or what you want to do. You adjust your life to where they are. And yeah. I believe the internet is one of the biggest adjustments that we're having to make as a body in regards to believers. If the Great Commission is truly our mission, then my friend, I believe that God is raising up men and women who feel a call to not just go plant a church, but to plant online businesses that will help to make disciples in the everyday life for people. What you're doing, bro, to me is very much an online ministry that is very much helping to make disciples and using this problem as a gateway to get into their life, to show them Christ in a deeper and better and more powerful way. You are a modern day digital evangelist. And, and it's so cool to be able to now have a brand called Profit and Purpose because not only are you a digital evangelist, not only are you doing ministry right now, but bro, you're making good money doing it. And that's something to celebrate and be able to really say like God has brought both and into it where the marketplace and ministry have now combined. And it's incredible yeah. that we get to change lives for a living. And so my heart right now is to help as many people as possible who have that mix of ministry and marketplace to go onto the internet and be able to build brands that are changing in lives and making disciples. And so that brand's called Profit and Purpose. And man, it's incredible to be able to show people how to leverage the internet to build successful businesses. And that's what we do there. And most importantly is to be able to advance the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know you have some people listening who are 
feeling that, I mean, the number of people I talk to who are like, man, I see what you're doing. I've always thought about it or I know I should do it, but da, 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 da. And so I'm really grateful there's someone like you there out you or someone like you out there who's combining faith and ministry with, you know, the nuts and bolts of building a profitable business. Um, my understanding is you said YouTube, right? YouTube would be the place to link up for that kind of stuff if people are interested. Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel, Jamal Miller. You can check me out there. I have a lot of content I put out consistently there. And also my Instagram is where I show up most um, at Jamal Miller. Um, I do something called the Entrepreneur's Bible Study. And this is a great place to come and just really learn the word of God from the at, from the perspective of a business owner. Um, mm. So I teach the Bible from a perspective of business. I believe God is the number one businessman in the world. And I believe when he created Jesus, that was not just him coming to save the world. I believe he was coming to brand the world. And he was coming mm. to brand it with his branding and his way of living, his way of operating. And I view the Bible from that lens and I teach it from that lens. And it really does bless a lot of business owners because you'll be amazed at how many Christian entrepreneurs just simply need permission to be who God's called them to be. And permission comes from direction, language, the word of God. So, yeah. That's so good, man. So good. Did we miss anything, Jamal? Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with here before we wrap up? No, nah, man, I feel like we've hit a lot of good stuff, brother. I feel like we really add a lot of value to your people. And I pray if you guys want to continue to check me out, follow me. But overall, y'all go deal with the deep stuff that you need to deal with, man. Don't be afraid of it. You are a real man. If you're someone that is truly digging deep into the problems, the issues you have and bringing others around you to be able to, to help you overcome it and become the man that God's called you to be. You're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for your legacy. So keep oh, yeah. going. That's amazing. Jamal, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate this. Absolutely, brother. All right, my friends, there you have it. That was my interview with Jamal Miller. And uh, like I said, lots of wisdom there. Really cool guy. Great energy. Uh, I learned so much from him. And so I hope you did too. A uh, couple things. For starters, if you are not yet married, you need to do his prayer, uh, pray for your spouse challenge. That's a no-brainer. That's easy, easy, easy ways to make progress. And the results from that challenge he showed me, I've seen some screenshots of what people say when they start doing the stuff that he's teaching. It's unbelievable. And it's really, it's simple, it's biblical, it's awesome. And if you want to take things a little bit more seriously, you, you know that a challenge maybe would be helpful to get the ball rolling, but then you really want to accelerate that momentum, the one you, go check that out as well. We'll put links in the show notes. Uh, if we, we have put links in the show notes to all this stuff, and so it's there. Uh, the last thing I'll mention is his YouTube channel, um, and, and that, again, is where he, he actually told me about some cool ideas he's working on. I can't even talk about them. Ooh, so taboo. Uh, so cool, but really, no, he's got some cool things he's working on. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to go follow him there, especially if you're on YouTube regularly. So uh, that's everything, guys. The one last thing I'll just mention is that if you are struggling with porn addiction and you know that you need to get clean, you need to get ready to meet your future spouse, I want to encourage you to reach out, uh, book a time in our calendar. We will make sure that you get all the help, all the tools, all the resources you need. Uh, we can see if our programs are a good fit for you. We'd love to help you do that. And the amount of men that we have helped like get ready for marriage, get ready for dating is uh, through the roof. Uh, we have a pretty good track record there. And personally, you know, I was, I was that dude when I was struggling. I was single. I wanted to get clean before I met my wife. God honored that desire of my heart, uh, that prayer of my heart. And here we are today. And we want the same to be true for you. So if that's you and you want some extra help in this area, getting free of porn and other sexual sin, uh, book a time in our calendar. We'd love to speak with you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. 
I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.